0: Alright. Final session. Last, yeah, last of three. So we've talked about our faith, our fears, and tonight it's our future. What is it going to take for us to actually experience the best future possible? So we have to take the lessons from faith, fear, add this one into the mix. One of the things that the Bible does is it often... It often points to the Christian life being like a race, being like it's really a race. It's not like a hundred yard dash. It's more like a marathon and you get into the race and you have to stay at it. You have to keep on going. So that's really what we're talking about when we talk about our future. How could I have the best future possible? It's that I need to get in the race, stay in the race, no matter what happens right in front of me. Because in a marathon, depending on where you're running it, this is a marathon that's not out on the flat terrain. This is a marathon that has hills, it has valleys, it's, it, it, it has all of these elements that make it more challenging. It's a challenging kind of a race. And so we need to step into the race and remember that there is one key quality that we need to make it to the finish, and that quality is endurance. We need to have the quality of endurance in our life. Hebrews 12:1 says, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We need to be able to persevere the hardships, the difficulties, the uncertainties. We need to run with endurance. So this word endurance is a, is a key word for us to know in our spiritual life. In fact, God uses two different forms of this word in in the original language in Greek. He uses them over 70 times to say, you need this. You need this in your life. And so whenever God says something 70 times or more, we should listen. We should pay attention. We should realize, hey, there's something to this. And endurance is one of those words. Endurance is one of those qualities where, hey, there's something to this. I will need to endure. But it's also a quality that a lot of people don't take seriously enough. They don't endure. A lot of people jump into the race. They get started on the race, but they don't really run that well. A lot of people jump into the Christian life, but they don't do it that Well, they don't run with endurance. They get sidetracked or they get tripped up or they get sidelined or they drop out of the race before the finish line. And God has a finish line for us, but we need to run with endurance or we don't get there. We need to not get distracted. We need to not get discouraged. We need to not be running and just get weary and quit because We need to finish and finish strong. So my goal in life is that I want to be resolute. It's one of my, I have a bunch of words that are, these are my favorite words. Resolute is one of them. I want to be resolute and run this race with endurance so that I could be one of those whom, when I get to that finish line, God says, Well done. You did it. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what it takes. It takes faithfulness. It takes endurance. Now, probably the best example of finishing strong when we look into the New Testament, someone who was resolute was the Apostle Paul. In 2 Timothy 4, 7, he says, Paul, I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. So as you are stepping into your future, because every step you take is a step into your future. Half an hour from now, when we get up and walk out that door, you're going to step out of that door and into your future. And so you need to know, what is it going to take for me to have the best future possible? So we can look at the Apostle Paul. How did he do it? How did he keep from getting tripped up? How did he keep from getting sidelined? How did he keep from getting distracted by things that distract so many people? How did he keep on going? So a key concept I see is another word. It's the word resolve. It goes along with the word resolute. Resolve is a choice backed with commitment. It's not just the choice. I'm going to back up this commitment, back up this choice with commitment. When I say I resolve to do something, I'm saying I'm determined. My mind is made up. I'm set. This is what I'm doing. I am resolved to do this. I've thought through it. I've wrestled through it. I've made my firm decision. I am resolved to live the Christian life in the best way possible, in the fullest way possible. So, we're going to look at a passage that points out areas in life where we need to be resolved, where we need to be resolute. The passage is 2 Corinthians chapter four, and it points out a few things to us to be resolved in. This is what our future is about. You need to be resolved. You need to run this race with endurance. The first resolve, resolve number one is I will resist pride. We we have a problem of thinking that life is about us. It's about me, and it's not. It's not about me. When I give in to my pride, I begin to tell myself that, that I know better than most people. I know better than the people around me. I could make better decisions than they're making. I do all of this, and it's especially a weakness that we apply to, to leadership over us. Oh, well, if I was in charge, I would have done this like that. Well, if they would have asked me, I could have told them how how that would have worked out. That's arrogance. That's pride. Paul would have said, I will resist pride. It's not about me. In 2 Corinthians 4, 5, he says, our message is not about ourselves. It is about Jesus Christ as the Lord. We are your servants for his sake. It is about Jesus Christ. And we are your servants For Jesus' sake. See, my pride wants to make it about me. My pride wants to make you my servant. You serve me. And that's not what Jesus said. That's not the call that Jesus makes to us in the Christian life. Both of those statements are in complete contrast to how God wants us to live. Yet both statements are the desire of our prideful nature. Make it about me. You serve me that's our prideful nature so we need to recognize that what our pride is trying to accomplish our pride is trying to elevate us put us above other people so we need to make a resolve against it because our pride is strong our pride just can, it can just go and go and go so we have to have a resolve I will resolve to resist pride. I will not give in to my pride. And I will do that by keeping my focus on God and others. Because it's not about me. It's about God and it's about others. So I keep my focus in that direction. He says our message is not about ourselves. It's about Jesus Christ as Lord. We are your servants for his sake. So how can I keep it? about Jesus? How could I keep it about others? How could I keep my focus in the right direction? It really is the word focus. I keep my focus off of myself and onto God and onto others. In verse seven, he says, we carry this precious precious message around in unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us the bible says that god puts his glory his power his life in us and that he's doing that as he's putting it into just clay pots you know clay pots are not very strong clay pots are weak clay pots crack and break easily And we have a lot of us have experienced a lot of breakage already. We have a lot of cracks in our life because of our experiences in life, because of things that that happened to us or that we were a part of. We need to resolve to avoid the giving in to pride. My pride would like to make it about me. My pride would would like for me to think more about myself than I should. It wants me to think highly of myself. Proverbs 18, 12 says, Proud people will be ruined. So there you go. I need to resist pride because proud people will be ruined, but the humble will be honored. So, my first resolve here in this passage is I will resist pride. My resolve number two is I will renew myself daily. We need to recognize that our future comes to us one day at a time. We don't get a week. We don't get a month. We don't know if we're going to get a year. What we do get is one day at a time. So I can make a resolve like the Apostle Paul did. I will renew myself daily. We need to do that because there is a daily need to be resolved, to be renewed. To be refreshed. And with this renewal comes a couple of things that we've talked about this weekend. Perspective and strength. This daily renewal brings perspective and strength into my life. And it brings the resolve to endure whatever hardship I face. So when we are not renewed daily, we set ourselves up for a surprise attack. And we're not ready for it. We're not prepared for it. So it it takes us down. We set ourselves up for the potential of discouragement and defeat. And so we need to be renewed daily. Verse eight and nine, he says, we often suffer, but we are never crushed. Even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us. And when we are knocked down, we get up again. So what is the secret of that kind of life? What is the secret of being able to say that because that's what I have done? And that's what people had seen in his life. You know, where do you get the kind of ability to bounce back no matter what happens in your life? There are going to be some things that happen in your future that fit into that Why did that happen? Why? And you need to be able to bounce back no matter what, no matter whether you understand it or not, you step forward into your future. He actually tells us, what's the secret to this kind of life? He tells us later on in uh, verse 16, this is why we are not discouraged. Though outwardly we are wearing out, I saw a lot of you guys getting worn out out there on that field. I was glad I was not out there. Man, I was like, wow, look at that dog pile. Who is, are they walking away from that not being hurt? Somebody's got to be hurt. Nobody does that without getting hurt. And so it's kind of like this. It's like, this is why we are not discouraged outwardly We are wearing out. We are getting beat up. We are getting bruised. We have scratches. Inwardly, though, we are renewed day by day because I will renew myself daily. The secret is daily spiritual renewal. And he says it in that verse. It's not about outwardly. It's about inward, inward strength, inward endurance. So even though we're wearing out on the outside, it doesn't make a bit of difference on your inside. Two completely different arenas, outside and inside. Inwardly, you can still be renewed day by day and find the strength and the energy to endure, to move forward, to live life the way that God would want you to live life, to have the energy to do that. So Paul writes, he says, I'm renewed, Day by day. So how do you renew yourself daily? How do you do that? Well, there's a few major ways you could renew yourself daily. I want to emphasize one. Only one. Because this one is so key to your renewal. Without this one, there is no renewal. That's why this one is so important. So there's a handful of them, but the handful doesn't make, doesn't have any value without this one. You could renew yourself daily through God's word. If you don't have God's word in your life, you are not going to be renewed. You might feel good here and there. You might pump yourself up occasionally, but with God's word, you could have your strength Renewed. You can have your perspective renewed. God has given us his word, the Bible, so we could be renewed, refreshed, strengthened. Psalm 119 verse 114 says, you are my place of quiet retreat. I wait for your word to renew me. He's not saying I wait for your spirit to renew me. I wait for your word. I wait for what comes out of your mouth to me to renew me. So how do you wait for God's word? How do you let it get into your life in such a way that you're renewed? Now for this one, I'm going to give you six. Six ways that you can get God's word into your life. You do it by hearing it. When you hear God's word, which is what you're doing right now. You're hearing God's word, and God's word comes into your life through your ears, and it can renew you if you accept it. You do it by reading it. During, during the week, take some time, grab these notes, and read, reread them to yourself. Think about them. Read the truth. Grab your Bible. You read it. So you do it by hearing it. You do it by reading it. You also doing it, do it by discussing it. Talk about what you hear from God to somebody else. Talk about what you're reading to somebody else. And then you do it by memorizing it. Taking a verse and memorizing it. Plants it in your heart. It plants it in your mind. You, you put it there. You know, Psalm, we're looking at Psalm 119, verse 114. If you go back to Psalm 119, 11, A question is asked in verse 11. How could a young man keep his way pure? Obviously, this man was struggling. How could I do it? And then in verse 13, he answers the question by keeping it according to your word. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's God's word that refreshes us and gives us strength. You also do it by meditating on it, which is reflecting on it, running it back through your mind, thinking about it, reflecting, meditating. And you do it by doing it. You take action on God's word. You do what it says. Six ways, hearing it, reading it, discussing it, memorizing it, meditating on it, and doing it. See, when it comes to getting God's word deep into our lives, one of the problems is we don't do enough of these six areas to, to really get it filtered in there so that it's in deep. We might do one or two, but I'm telling you, you need to do all six. And if you'll just take on, here's a challenge. This week, work all six into your life, and you will experience a different quality of life. You will be renewed. You will be refreshed. You will be given strength. So, we need to, to bring this into our life. See, a lot of times we only use one or two, but it takes more than that. You need God's word incoming in, in your life in a variety of ways so that you can be renewed daily. So, the resolve here is I will renew myself daily. Resolve number three I will remain focused. I will not drift. I will not wander. I will remain focused. Now, I've never run a marathon. But I know people who have, and I've learned enough from them that you have to have strong mental focus in order to run a marathon and make it to the finish line. I've heard about the things that could happen while you're running a marathon you start thinking things and these things if you don't capture them will take you out you you start thinking about how tired you are man i'm just tired i why why am i doing this I'm tired you start thinking about how much your muscles ache you start thinking about how much farther you have to go to get this thing done do i really want to do that And then you'll even start comparing yourself to other runners that are running right by you. And comparison will kill you. You have to be sharp mentally. See, all of those are are mental are fatal flaws that will sidetrack you in a race, in a marathon. They'll trip you up. They'll cause you to fall out of the race. They'll cause you to get distracted, discouraged, and quit. You need to stay focused. Focused on faith, focused on Jesus, focused on God's Word. Listen as I read verse 17 and 18. For our present troubles are quite small and won't last very long, yet they will produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen. Is eternal the third secret of finishing strong in life the third secret of actually moving into the future successfully is focus the more you focus your life the more effective you're going to be and the things you need to focus it on are God and others on God's Word and living it out doing what it says You focus your life on faith. You might ask yourself, how did Jesus run this race? Well, you could go look that up in the Bible, find out what he did and focus on that. How did he live a life that was pleasing to God? Well, again, you go to the Bible and you look for it and you find it. You learn how Jesus lived and what he did to please God. Whenever you come up with those kind of questions, the answers are there. You just have to be willing to do a little digging, do a little research. But you find answers and then you do the same thing. See, the key to persistence is perspective. Perspective will come up again and again and again because we need the right perspective. And God always has the right perspective. What you're looking for is the why. Why should I do this? Because you need to understand that the why always, 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 the why always determines how long you will do something. It's always about. The why, the reason so many Christians get started out in the Christian race and they go hard, they go strong, and then all of a sudden they're out of the race. They're sidelined, they're sidetracked, they're distracted. It's because they forgot why they are doing it. They lost perspective. Why am I reading the Bible? I don't know, I'm kind of tired of it. I'm not getting anything out of it. Why am I going to church? I don't know. I'd rather stay home and watch football on Sunday. Why? You have to understand why you do something. Why, why am I getting involved in a life group? Why am I going to be on the core team? Why? The why always determines how long you will persevere. See, to stay spiritually strong, we need to stay in the game. And doing the things that will lead me into a good future. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Let's strip off every weight that slows us down and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. From the start of the race, To the finish of the race, I keep my eyes on Jesus because he will give me what I need as I go through this race. He will keep reminding me of my need for perseverance. He will keep reminding me of the, the why that I'm doing what I'm doing. And he says the secret of finishing strong is focus. Keeping your eyes on God, keeping your eyes on Jesus, keeping your eyes on finishing strong. You see, Paul was able to say these things because he remained focused. If Paul would have been so sidetracked that he gave up, you wouldn't even know his name today. He wouldn't have written all of the books of the New Testament that we have, that we read, that we get God's truth from. Because he wouldn't have been there for God to speak to, to write the truth, so that we could live it out. But he remained focused. In 2 Timothy 4, 7, he said, I have done my best in the race. That's what I want for all of us. I want to be able to say that. I want you to be able to say that. I have done my best. Yeah, it's been hard. I faced some big challenges, but I have done my best in the race. I have run the full distance and I have kept the faith. See, Paul was resolute. He was resolved to resist pride. He was resolved to be renewed daily. He was resolved to keep his focus on Jesus. I want for us to follow his example. Let's be resolute about following Jesus. Because as we do that, we will experience the best future possible. And I don't know anybody that doesn't want the best future possible. But we have to be resolute to get there. He's giving us three resolves in this passage that will help us experience the best future possible. Resolve number one, I will resist pride knowing it will come at me. I will resist it. I will renew myself daily knowing that there's going to be days that I won't want to, but I'm going to do it resolve. Number three, I will remain focused because I know when I lose my focus, I lose my track and I lose in the race. So I will resist pride, I will renew myself daily, and I will remain focused. I'm giving you these three just as Paul gave them to us, and I'm saying, we can do this. We could run this race and finish the race, and finish it strong, and be strong from here to there. But we have to be resolute. You can't just drift along and really experience the fullness of the life that God has for you. What I think is we should be willing to pray, to say, Jesus, I want to get to know you. I want to learn to love others the way that you did. I want to learn to trust you with every element of my life. I want to run this race I want to run it well, and I want to finish it strong. So I'm asking you to to be resolute along with me. And let's resolve to do our very best at living this Christian life. Because as we do, we will experience the best future possible. So let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful that you are the one who guides us who helps us, who gives us the strength that we need. And I pray that we would be resolute as we follow you. And as we follow you together, united in following you, ready to encourage, ready to help, ready to do what we do with endurance. Father, I pray that we would be faithful to you and to your son and to each other.